and welcome to another edition of the Tobacco Control Podcast. My name is Becky Freeman, and today I'll be talking with one of the authors of the Die Another Day, James Bond Smoking Over Six Decades paper. And the author is Nick Wilson, who is a professor at the Department of Public Health in the University of Otago in Wellington, New Zealand. Hello, Nick. Hi, Becky. How are you? Very good, thanks. Good. I've known you for, gosh, I'll be going on... 10 or 12 years now, so no stranger to you and your work. But I have to say, when I read this paper, I did have to smile a little bit because I'm a huge James Bond fan. I remember when I was in high school, my dad and I used to watch the James Bond marathons on TBS. They would have like back-to-back Bond films over a 72-hour period. So it was interesting to see someone writing a paper about one of my childhood heroes. Are you a big Bond fan as well, or...? Uh, well, I wasn't really, but um, having watched uh, all 24 of these uh, James Bond movies, uh, there's certain features I really uh, do quite like. They do come up with some very uh, clever chase scenes, and um, yeah, and really it's sort of a window into how popular culture has changed over six decades as well. So it is from a sociological uh, perspective, it's really quite interesting watching them all. And did you have a favourite Bond? Uh, well, actually, I think the uh, recent Bond characters have been more sort of genuine type people, less stereotypical. And I think that makes uh, uh, the, is particularly the Daniel Craig uh, character a bit more um, uh, real and uh, believable. Yeah, I have to say Daniel Craig's my favorite as well. Okay, so getting to the actual guts of the work then, what was the purpose of your study? Why did you sit down and watch all 24 of these Bond films? Well, I've done some work in the past on uh, smoking on uh, TV and in music videos, and uh, uh, this was an opportunity to look at smoking in in the movies, and uh, really the the James Bond series was of particular interest because it really covers that long uh, six-decade time period. In fact, it's the longest-running and highest-ever-grossing movie franchise globally, so it it really has a massive impact in popular culture, so it's a good... um, you know, series to study from a uh, looking at the how smoking's been portrayed in the movies, and also how issues like health risks have uh, been discussed, and the, the timing of those um, changes, and even there's features like uh, product placement by the tobacco industry, which is also interesting to be aware of. Mm. So you looked at a few things in these films. Um, so whether Bond smoked, when he, whether any of his lovers smoked, maybe just give a, a rundown of your sort of top two findings that were maybe most surprising to you or most important. Well, I think because of the importance of the character Bond, his the trend in his smoking is of particular interest. And, and that did uh, decline over the decades. In fact, 2002 was the last time a Bond character smoked. So uh, that's great that he that, that character has, has quit. But the pattern for his uh, uh, sexual partners was uh, less clear. And in fact, that wasn't a statistically significant trend, even though there was some indication that that has uh, decreased. And we looked at other things like uh, uh, the use of spy gadgets that were associated with smoking. And that, that also... Uh, they dramatically decreased uh, over time. So there were some favorable patterns, but the fact that 
even you know recent Bond movies still have smoking by uh, various characters, still have smoking indoors. There's quite a lot of aspects that are still very problematic from a public health perspective, particularly because of the you know the massive popularity of these uh, the series. Would you say that these trends in smoking are reflective of say global trends in smoking, or there is there a mismatch or? Or are they just completely separate from what's actually happening globally with smoking? No, I think the trend with uh, uh, the reduction in smoking by uh, James Bond is reflective of uh, the trends in adult smoking in developed countries. You know, other some of the trends, such as with spy gadgets, may actually be more related to just the uh, the nature of the movies, whether uh, gadgets are in or out, or <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> Uh, definitely, I guess with those early movies, there was so much smoking paraphernalia around, like uh, tobacco packs, that you know the use of those to hide weapons in uh, did seem a bit more plausible in the 1960s and 1970s. Um, but there's there's features that we didn't actually look at, but we had a sense of, such as smoking by um, villains, uh, and maybe. In the movie genre, uh, smoking is being pushed away from sort of heroic characters into villains, but that that may be uh, for future research to really establish that type of pattern. Well, certainly you would never see Money Penny or M smoking in any of these films, I'm sure. They've always been portrayed as the, the voice of reason and the moral conscience of Bond. I think it would be pretty uh, shocking. Well, actually, <laughs> Money, Money Penny did used to smoke. Um, so uh, I think in one of in the 1960s uh, uh, she smoked, but um, definitely not uh, since then. In fact, Money Penny uh, in one of the more recent movies um, actually threw uh, the cigar gift from Bond into the rubbish bin. So that was a sort of a quite an interesting um, anti-smoking statement that was uh, captured in the movies. Any other sort of interesting anti-smoking statements, or is, is that sort of uh, as obvious as they got? Ah no, there was it was surprising uh, how many were dispersed through the movies. In fact, the first uh, anti-smoking statement came in uh, 1967, when um, when James Bond was having a uh, a secret X-ray done by a uh, a villain who was interviewing him, and, uh, and and the guy could actually see the guns hidden on his. Uh, uh, person and and the villain remarked that you know uh, you should stop smoking uh, James Bond it's bad for your chest uh, so you know that was in the 1960s when there was still just you know early recognition of the hazards of smoking and then at various points uh, there were other sort of uh, jokes about the uh, warnings on tobacco packs and uh, uh, there was even one character who uh, saw a, a frightening scene and was coughing away a, a, a smoker and he sort of uh, looked like he was sort of quitting smoking on the spot as uh, <laughs> as a coffin went past. So there was sort of quirky things like that which um, uh, are in the movies if you look closely. Well, it's a very interesting study. Thanks for taking the time to chat with us today. I will say that uh, it's nice to see that Bond has quit smoking, but certainly his drinking and violence and dodging bullets and driving fast cars are probably still a couple of vices he carries with him. But was there any sort of concluding comments you wanted to make or anything that you didn't get a chance to say? 
Well, really, that uh, you know, I think policymakers do need to think about um, uh, movies and what, what content is in them, because you know there is now pretty good evidence that uh, uh, youth initiation of smoking is related to uh, young people see in the media and in including movies. And so, you know, there's always uh, opportunities for governments to consider such things as putting R classifications on movies with smoking content. And some countries actually subsidize the production of movies and maybe they need to think about, is it a good use of taxpayer funds to subsidize movies with uh, uh, smoking in? And uh, if, if their particular country has a goal of reducing smoking, it just seems a bit crazy to actually have government money funding movies that, that show uh, smoking. Okay, well, thanks for that. We look forward to your future work. Thank you.